0: As Paul said in his letter to Timothy, how we long to be with you, to greet you in person and hug all of you. But...
1: Hi, we are Ernie and Marilyn Claussen, international workers with the Christian and Missionary Alliance. It's been our privilege to serve with the Alliance for basically for 40 years. We were 23 years in Peru. Then we transferred to Mexico for a couple of years came back to Canada for a pastorate in Belleville, Ontario for seven years, and then returned to the mission field, this time in Spain for six years.
0: We thank you that since we went to language school in Costa Rica way back in 1980, we have always felt the support of the churches in Canada for what God called us to. We thank you for your prayers, for your letters, for your giving to the Global Advance Fund of the Alliance in Canada, which allows us to live when we're on the field, to travel to and from the field, to send our children to one of the best schools that they could have gone to, and to help with our ministry, those funding, those projects, things that we did. Thank you. Now, as we're re- approaching retirement, or as we like to say, retreading. Absolutely. We want to acknowledge once again that you have been part of our team and to say a big thank you. Indeed. After arriving in Peru in 1981, after a year of language study, we were amazed that God could use our faltering Spanish, but He did. The first two terms we spent on in two North Coast cities in Peru. They were full of exciting and growing and learning experiences. We still maintain contact with several of our disciples from way back then. (laughs) Tell us about one of these contacts, Ern.
1: So missions is really about connecting with people. And I want to tell you the story about Kiko Sanchez. Kiko was from the lower class in the city of Piura. And one day on the bus, he's driving or riding on the bus down the street, and he sees an advertisement of our church about a speaker whose name was Kiko Torres. And it struck him, hey, somebody with my own name is here is speaking at that church. I'm going to go listen to him. So God uses all kinds of means to reach out to people. He came to our church heard the gospel, and his life was radically transformed. He had been involved in drug addiction and lived in extreme poverty. Uh, He didn't have employment, so he basically robbed to make a living, and he was cohabiting with uh, his girlfriend, and God had a lot of work to do in his life. After making his decision for Christ, I started in the process of discipling him. We would meet study the Word of God together, pray together, and slowly saw changes in his life. One of the big changes was his desire to get married and to stand before God and before witnesses and uh, formalize his relationship with his girlfriend. And he called upon us to be uh, padrinos or godfathers and godparents in his marriage. And we found out later that meant quite a bit more than what we had thought. There was a lot of cultural things that we as missionaries have to learn. Well, I can't tell you all the details, but Kiko really struggled with um, issues of drug addiction. I tried to get him a job, and sometimes he would sell the apparatus that I purchased for him uh, to be able to work uh, so that he could uh, meet his drug needs. And people basically said to me, Ernie, give up on him. He's just using you. But somehow the Holy Spirit prompted me to keep on, to keep on, to persevere. And long story short, you know, basically after 40 years, Kiko is still in touch with me. And uh, he looks us up here when we're in Canada and he finds us. It's amazing.
0: We will often laugh. The phone will ring, Ernie will answer, and he'll go, Kiko? How did you get my phone number? Kiko, how did you get my email address or my Facebook page? And he reaches us no matter what. He's now a grandfather.
1: Yeah, and he together we studied the six books of a, a discipleship program called Ete. And you know what? When he writes me emails, uh, his Spanish is impeccable. It's amazing the work that God has done in his life.
0: Many of you may know that that program, it's called Sean in English. Anyway, there was so much work to be done in Peru. It was a time of harvest. Lima had six churches when we arrived in 81, and by the time we, and several of those churches were over a thousand, two thousand um, seat sanctuaries, as well as there were congregations that were as many as seven, thousand in the congregation meeting in several different services on the weekend. So in those 21 years, those churches, those six churches have grown to over 60. Hmm. And those churches have to have a membership of 150 members to become a church. So we're not talking small, we're talking big church, big churches and over 60 of them. But you know what the exciting thing was, is that as the other denominations saw what was happening in the Alliance, they would come over to learn from us and then take it home. And many of their those denominations have grown and outstripped past what the Alliance has done in Peru. Well, three terms in Lima gave Ernie the privilege of training leaders in the seminary and both of us worked in the local church as well as leading home bible studies among the upper class and running the alpha course out of our home for people in the neighborhood out of that ministry a couple accepted christ after their marriage was headed for divorce Mm -hmm. juan carlos and roxana turned their lives and marriage around and then jumping 15 years forward Ernie, tell us about Andres, their son. So when
1: we were having this Bible study in, um, in Chacarilla with uh, Andres's parents, uh, Andres was just a young child, maybe 12, 14 years old. And so later on, as we left Peru and went to Spain, um, Juan Carlos contacted me some time while we were in Spain and said, Uh, Ernie, would you do me a favor? Our son is traveling to Europe, he's traveling to Spain, and he's just sort of on a journey trying to find his way. And uh, he knows you, would you be willing for him to stay in your home for a couple of weeks and just connect with him? So we said, well, of course, we'd love to do that. So Andres showed up at our home and uh, we connected really well. He had a great appreciation for the influence we had had in his parents' life. And he really began to open up to us. We invited him to participate in uh, Bethany School of Discipleship, and he decided to be a part of that. And then the Lord led him to continue in Spain for a year. And uh, he actually became a part of our church and became an intern or a disciple working with me. And I had the privilege of mentoring him two times a week, each time we would meet for about two hours, two and a half hours, and we would study the scriptures, We would study the 70 resolutions of Jonathan Edwards that would meet together for prayer, for conversation. Um, We would have a meal together, sometimes do breakfast on Saturday mornings. And you know what? It was just a great privilege to pour my life into one young man and to see him blossom. And today, Andres is part of the pastoral team in, in Alicante where we were pastoring and he is serving the Lord. It's a great satisfaction to see your life reproduced in the
0: life of others. Well, skipping back, back to Peru, while Andres was about 12, there came the day when the North American missionary was no longer needed in Peru, or in most of Latin America, for that matter. The churches were strong. They were pastored exclusively by nationals. The seminary was led by Peruvians with doctorates, and our job was done. Joy, sorrow, sad goodbyes, and then the question, what next? Hmm. After a short time in Mexico City, we realized it was not the place for us yet. The churches were not big. It was church planting time. And Ernie's gifting was teaching and preaching, and there wasn't that venue. So we came home to pastor in Belleville, Ontario for seven very good years. But mission's still burned within our hearts. God was not finished with us yet. The focus had changed from South, being Latin America and Africa, to the 1040 window. That means 10 degrees to 40 degrees latitude north of the equator and from Spain on the west to Southeast Asia. That area is now called the Silk Road. So what about Spain? Hmm. Gerald Hogenberg, the regional developer at that time for the Silk Road region, was at General Assembly in Winnipeg, and we saw him come into the dining room. We called him over. Gerald, is there a place for us in Spain? And he looked at us and went, eyes wide open. He said, I've got your job description in my briefcase. Hang on. Rand got his briefcase, mm-hmm. brought it back, showed us how Informa, the seminary in Spain, was just getting underway, was just developing. I had gone on a trip, a very short trip, just to help them. Uh, sort of brainstorm and think of how they could start leadership training in Spain. So I knew a little bit about it, and they asked me to go back to Spain as the administrator of that seminary, which was now functioning, and Ernie to be one of the professors. Exciting times. Mm -hmm. We could um, share several stories with you of people in each scenario that we have been in. But we would like to tell you about one couple in particular Hmm. that illustrates the shift from North America sending missionaries to south, south of the equator, to now the south sending missionaries to the north. That means Latin America and Africa are now sending missionaries to the North, to Canada, United States, to all across Europe and North Africa. And it's exciting to see.
1: The slogan that we like to talk about is from all nations to all nations. Think about that, from all nations to all nations. The Great Commission is not exclusively for the North American church. Yes, we're part of that, but the Great Commission is the command of our Lord Jesus Christ to the whole church. And thankfully, the church in Latin America has caught the vision and is now sending missionaries overseas.
0: So what is the percentage of evangelicals now in Peru?
1: Basically, we are up to 18% evangelical population in Peru. And when you compare that with Canada, Canada's actually around 10%. Hmm. So that helps us to understand the rationale for sending missionaries to other latitudes and joining with the Peruvian church in reaching other nations for Christ.
0: We'd like to tell you about Juan and Pati Suniga. They were students of Ernie's in the seminary back in Lima. Ernie, tell us about that one class.
1: So it was a great privilege to be involved in theological education. I love teaching and so I was able to use my spiritual gift in the Bible school there in Lima And one of my students was this young man named Juan, Juan Suniga, and I was teaching a number of different courses. And I don't remember the exact title of the course, but I do remember uh, I shared with my students a missionary biography, Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret, written by his son. And this particular book describes the journey of Hudson Taylor, and especially how he discovered the spirit-filled life and how that, that discovery transformed his ministry in China. And I strongly urged my students to read that biography. Well, little did I know, but Juan Sunyaga had this growing passion for missions in his life. And when he went home after class, which was about 10 o'clock at night, he got home and he had this book and he started to read it. And he read the whole book that night. I guess he finished around five o'clock in the morning. And he told me later, several years later actually, that that book transformed his life. So what a privilege it is for those of us in theological education, not only to do the teaching ourselves, but to recommend good literature. And when one student captures the vision through the reading of a significant book, it can change their life. That's really (laughs) a joy.
0: So telling more about Juan Juanapati's life, after church planting for several years in Lima, they felt God was calling them to Spain to reach the Spaniards for Christ. Long ago, most Spaniards had turned their backs on all organized religion of any kind.
1: Marilyn, tell the people about that encounter you had with that lady that reacted so violently to you Mm. when you offered her some money.
0: A woman was begging on the street and I handed her a coin and said, God bless. And she spat at me and said, don't you ever mention the name of God or Jesus to me. She had been so hurt, so abused in the past that she wanted nothing to do with God or Jesus Christ. That opened my eyes.
1: And that attitude is prevalent in in numerous cases. There's just this residual, not only indifference, but I would actually use the word antagonism towards spiritual things. So it makes for some tough missionary assignments when you work in that kind of a setting.
0: So anyway, getting back to Juan and Patty, um, they realized that there were less than 1% of the Spaniards were evangelical. And actually it's one, a lot less. 0.01% mm. point, point are evangelicals. And so, but during the the eight years between 2000 and 2008, there was a huge migration of Latin Americans to a, a building boom in Spain. They came as construction workers, as gardeners, as maids, as people working in a working class in Spain. And because there were very few evangelicals in Spain, there were no churches, but many of these people from Latin America were already born-again Christians and so started churches. They would either become a pastor or they would call somebody from their country to come over and pastor this church that they had started. Well, Juan and Patti had a, a vision to not only reach Peruvians in Spain, but they wanted to reach Spaniards. So Juan went to university and he got his doctorate from one of the best universities in Madrid. But they were still having trouble getting that core group together mm-hmm. to start that church. And so one day they were out in a plaza where they knew a lot, a lot of Latin Americans were uh, because it was election day in Peru. And they were calling out, we are from the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Come and find out more about us. We want to start a church. And people would come over and they'd receive the material that they would hand them, look at it, crumple it up and throw it on the ground. Hmm. And finally, Pati was so frustrated she yelled, we are from the Christian and Missionary Alliance, come talk to us. And a woman came running over and said, you're from the Christian and Missionary Alliance? I'm Peruvian and somebody in Peru told me to look for Pati Sunyaga, do you know her? She said, I am Pati. Hmm. it still brings me to tears to think about this story. Mm-hmm. Tanya said, I have been looking for you, but I lost your phone number and I didn't know how to reach you. Our son is in the hospital and he's dying. Could you come and pray for him?" Mm. They went to the hospital. They prayed for him. They stood with that couple through the next days and weeks as their, their son recovered. And then Tanya said to her husband, Vicente, we need to go to their church and thank God for saving our son's life. Mm. Well, they went to church and Vicente said, Vicente was Spaniard. She was Peruvian, but he was Spaniard. He says, I have never entered a evangelical church and I'm not going to now. Mm. And she went in, but an usher came out and invited him in and he was too embarrassed to say no. So he went in and he never left. Mm-hmm. He started on the soundboard in the back of the church and he is now the pastor. After finishing six years of Bible training in the in Informa, mm. he is now pastoring that church. Exciting, exciting.
1: So in the first graduating class of Informa, six of the 12 were Spaniards, and they were personally selected, pursued, and discipled by Juan. One of the couples that were involved in Informa Uh, Their names are Miguel and Marga, and I would like to tell you a little bit more about them. I was teaching Alliance History and Thought in our Bible school, in Forma, and Miguel and Marga were two of my leading students. They showed real keen interest in understanding the doctrines of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. I can remember as I explained the doctrine of sanctification and what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Marga, especially, would inquire, what does this mean and what does what are you referring to when you talk about a crisis experience after conversion? And you could see that there was a hunger and a thirst in her life, in both of their lives. And they responded so well to the teaching. They did the work, they did the reading, and we could see the tremendous potential for them to become leaders. So as myself as a professor and others involved in the leadership of the Bible School, they, we realize that we need to work ourselves out of a job. Our task is to train the nationals so that mm. they can then take over positions of leadership. And we cast our eyes on Miguel and Marga and decided that they would be an excellent couple. We've invested in them so they can get further training and have the academic credibility to be able to teach in, an, in a Bible school like Informa. And the good news is that they have accepted that challenge. And in a course that I'm going to be teaching in Madrid in July of this year, they are going to be my co-teachers and I'm sharing the leading the, the teaching responsibility with them. So this is a very exciting development. And just to cap off this story before Marilyn picks up the theme again, they have been chosen to take over the directorship of Informa and the current director of the school has seen in them the, the potential and the capability. So North Americans, Canadians and Americans are stepping aside and the Spaniards are stepping up to the positions of leadership. That's something that we need to celebrate.
0: And of those graduates of that first class, 12 of them, six of them were Spaniards, and all of them are still in ministry. Mm. And they are now in Alliance churches, not only in Spain, but have gone to England, Italy, and Germany. Mm. It is exciting.
1: Before we came back to Canada to serve at Ambrose University, we decided to take a a bit of a tour of Europe and it was so exciting to visit some of our Alliance churches in Europe and connect with some of the Spanish-speaking people in the Spanish churches scattered throughout Europe.
0: And whether Juan and Pati learned from the missionaries that mentored and discipled them or not, they are empowering others. And they move on. They keep leaving, starting churches, looking for the leadership within that church, preparing them, discipling them, and then turning the leadership over to them. And they move on. And they have started approximately 16 churches in the last 15 or so years in Spain. uh, unselfishly give up their best leadership mm. to go and pastor new church plants. Mm. At present, they are pastoring the church that we left behind when we finished our time in Spain. So they are pastoring a small alliance church in on the coast of Spain. But they are visionaries, and they have looked now to the next generation.
1: Mm.
0: At present, they are running a school called Bethany School. It's a one-year program for those who have graduated from high school. They've just finished their first year. Part was online. A few were in-person as COVID would allow. But, and they have run um, several years of summer school for high school students and over 450 youth have now received basic training for life and leadership at Bethany School. Mm. They will not stop. They keep having new visions and keep moving on. Like Juan and you are always looking for where God is at work and being willing to go to change course, to be challenged with the impossible, we would like to challenge you. How can you have an impact? Will it be to go? Will you train and be ready for the changing scene of missions to the least reached people groups across the Silk Road, Asia, North Africa, or elsewhere? Will God call you to use your profession and move to another country Hmm. to join the marketplace ministries? Will you go across the street and meet your neighbor that is of another culture? Where is God calling you? What do you have in your hand that God can use for his kingdom?
1: Again, we wanna thank you for partnering with us over these years. It's been a privilege to serve the Lord and serve with the Christian and Missionary Alliance, but we definitely couldn't do it without partners like yourself. God bless you.